welcome to the Thrive Church weekly message. We hope you enjoy this message and we pray that it blesses you. For more information about this podcast or other resources, visit thrivechurch.co.nz. That was funky fresh. That was good, right? How are we all doing this morning? Yeah? We're feeling good? First sermon of 2017. Yeah, come on, I'm pumped. I, um, why don't you just, why don't you turn to your neighbor, say hi. Maybe give them a high five, say we made it. 2017, the world hasn't ended yet. Global warming hasn't happened yet. Rapture hasn't happened yet. There's some theology. Awesome. Well, I'm preaching the first sermon of 2017, and uh, man, I'm excited. I um, it was interesting this week. I found out that I also preached the first sermon of 2016. So either you guys love me, or uh, everyone else is away, and um, I'm the only one. I don't know. So uh, I'm going to be preaching this morning on praise. And like Glenn said, we're going to do a, a, a three, kind of like a wee mini-series on praise this morning uh, and for the next two weeks. So I'm excited about that. So if you could all turn with me to Genesis 29, and we're going to be reading from 31 to 35. It's going to be our main text this morning. Oh, it's going to be good. So preaching on praise, and uh, why do we praise? Well, actually, first off, what is praise? Well, praise is to bless, praise is to exalt, praise is to glorify, to magnify, to lift up the name of Jesus, to thank Him. Praise is like shifting our focus um, and our face towards Him, often from our circumstances, and it's pouring out our adoration toward Him. Praise is, is, is acknowledging who God is. And when we praise Him, we begin to get His attention. That's a good word, eh? So let me preach this morning on praise. And let's just flick to, I've got about four verses here. Why do we praise? We praise because great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise, and I is saved from my enemies. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. And you are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. So praise is our response to his greatness. And I believe this morning that praise will grow your capacity uh, for relationship with God. So let's kick in this morning, Genesis 29, starting in verses 31. When the Lord said... Sorry, when the Lord saw that Leah was not loved, he enabled her to conceive. It's a good start to a story, right? <laughs> Given birth. But Rachel remained childless. Anticlimax. <laughs> Leah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Reuben, for she said, It is because the Lord has seen my misery. Surely my husband will love me. She conceived again, and when she gave birth to a son, she said, Because the Lord heard that I am not loved, he gave me this one too. So she named him Simeon. Again, she conceived, and when she gave birth to a son, she said, Now at last my husband will become attached to me, because I have borne him three sons. So he was named Levi. She conceived again, and when she gave birth to a son, she said, This time I will praise the Lord. So she named him Judah. Then she stopped having children. Uh, for those of you who are not, not too familiar with the story, this is like an incredible love story. 
um, unless you're Leah, and then this story sucks. Um, Leah was like the one that was kind of the least loved of the two sisters. And uh, the story is about Leah giving birth to Judah, and that word Judah means praise. So I just want to camp on the story for a bit. But just a bit of background, so... uh, Jacob has just cheated his brother of his birthright, so he's kind of fleeing a wee bit. He's like, I'm, I'm keeping my distance from him. So he's off wandering, and he runs into this guy named Laban, who's like this farmer, and he's like, Laban, you've got two, you've got one daughter in particular. You've got one daughter that I think is, is like, like that. And uh, what can I do to get her? Because in those days, you'd, I don't know, you did stuff to get girls. I don't, I don't really know. And, uh, and she's like, well, <laughs> Pause for reflection. And so he's like, Laban's like, well, if you work for me for seven years, you can have this hot daughter of mine. And uh, he didn't say that. But this Bible talks about like how beautiful she was. So I feel like I can um, make a bit of a point this morning. And then he's like, okay, cool. So seven years he works faithfully. And at the end of the seven years, he comes to the wedding night. And uh, he gets tricked. I don't know how he gets tricked, but he gets given the, the older sister, Leah, who's the um, not-so-pretty one. And he wakes up in the morning. He's like, what the heck? Who's this girl? And, um, and it's just awkward. So he goes up to the, the, the now father-in-law, and he says, I, I worked seven years to get the really good-looking one, and I get this one. I get Leah. And he's like, well... It's our tradition to give away the oldest first, so that's what I've done. Sorry, mate. And he's like, okay, what can I do to get Rachel? Like, he's just eyes on the prize, you know? He's like, well, if you work another seven years, you can have her. He's like, oh. This is, this is how his mind worked. He's like, oh, dang it. But I'll do it. He's like, I'll do it. Okay, I'll do it. So another seven years go by. He faithfully works. And then, glory, he gets her. And it's amazing. Um, and so this story is about Rachel and Leah and Jacob. Um, but this morning, I just want to just pull apart this story from Leah's perspective. And uh, I may just be preaching the two or three here this morning, but in verse 31, it says, when the Lord saw that Leah was not loved. And uh, I, just, I just, I think this is incredible because it says here, but God saw that Leah was not loved. Like God had his eyes on Leah. And like that's news for all of us, eh? that, that, God, that God is so good and he is so for us. Like situations can't hide you from the love of God. You know, everybody forgot about Leah. They were like, Rachel's the good looking one. She's the one that we all love. And uh, everyone forgot about her. But it says that God had his eyes on Leah. And that's a good word, eh? Circumstances can't hide you from the love of God. Whatever it is, hottest siblings can't hide you from the love of God. <laughs> You're always within the, within the bounds of God's love. And so verse 32, it says, Leah became pregnant and she gave birth to a son and she named him Reuben. It's interesting. I looked into that word Reuben and it says that Reuben means seen me in Hebrew. He Seen me. So God has seen me and has blessed me. So this is twofold. She says, well, now that God has seen me, maybe my husband will see me, you know? Maybe my husband will love me. He'll, he'll see me and he'll take notice of me. And uh, that didn't happen. So she's like, all right, I'll give him another son. So verse 33 comes along and uh, out pops Simeon. And this word means heard me. And she says, okay, well, now God is, 
God has heard me, so maybe my husband will now hear me. Maybe my husband will now start to love me. Again, that doesn't happen. So verse 34, and it says that Levi is born. It says, again, she conceived, and when she gave birth to a son, she said, now at last my husband will become attached to me because I have borne him three sons. So now I can become attached to my husband. But again, that doesn't happen, and it's a sad story. But then it says in verse 35, and this is the point I want us to get this morning. It says, she conceived again, and when she gave birth to a son, she said, this time I will praise the Lord. And so she named him Judah. Then she stopped having children. It's like three children earlier, she's like trying hard to get the attention of her husband. And then it just comes to that point where she's like, you know what, I, I can't do it anymore. Now I'm just going to praise the Lord. It's a good word, eh? Now I'm going to praise the Lord. So when we praise, we begin to get God's attention, just like Leah did in the story. And it's interesting, if you track the tribe of Judah, so Judah became the tribe of Judah. And if you track that tribe, Judah's the one that was the greatest and the largest of the tribes. And I believe that's because Judah was birthed from praise. So if we want good things to come in our lives, we have to birth it from praise. Is this good? This is good? Cool. So when we praise, we begin to get God's attention. And then we know that out of the tribe of Judah came David. David was a praiser and a worshiper. So I believe if you want a successful life, you have to, if you want to flourish, if you want things to go well, even when things aren't going well, you have to build your life on praise. You see, three times Leah was like, I'm just going to, you know, I'll give my, my husband another son. Maybe, maybe that'll, that'll make him love me. Maybe that'll make him hear me and see me, and maybe I'll be attached to him. And, uh, but it doesn't work out until she shifted her face towards God. And she's like, you know what? I'm not actually going to worry about that anymore. I'm not going not gonna to put my focus on that. Instead, I'm just going to praise God. And then I was just doing some research. We don't have time to go there today, but if you look in 2 Chronicles chapter 5, it's the story of the Israelites building the temple. And uh, it was real cool. They built the temple. Solomon built it. And they're looking for the glory of God to fall. And they're like, we just want the glory of God in this place. And so people come in and they start sacrificing. The Bible says that there's so many sacrifices that the place is just stinky. Like, it just reeks in there. just so many sacrifices. And then it says that the, the Levites came in and they brought the Ark of the Covenant. And still the glory of God didn't fall until the tribe of Judah came and they began to praise the Lord. And then the glory of God fell. Amazing, right? It's incredible. The glory of God began to fail when there was praise in the place. And the word says that everything that has breath, praise the Lord forever. And I believe this morning that's just not just a, that's not a wishy-washy kind of comment. You know, if, that, if, it's, if it's going well for you, then you can praise. Or if things are okay, then you can praise God. But it's actually a command. It says, let everything that is breath Praise the Lord. You know, what would it look like if this church was a church built on praise? If this was a Judah church? You know, the, the tribe of Judah would typically stand at the front of the door and they would welcome the people, they would welcome into the tabernacle, into the temple. And so if you wanted to come into the temple, if you wanted to come and worship the Lord, if you wanted to come and sacrifice to the Lord, you would first have to walk through praise. 
Like, that's incredible. So the first thing you do would be walking through praise, like literally. It's amazing. So when we praise the Lord, we begin to get God's attention. And um, that story of Leah three times, but then she said, you know, now I'm going to give praise. And I believe that when praise is inside of you, it can't help but come out. Because the word says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And there's another point on praise that I want to pull out this morning, and that is, it's about perspective. And uh, I'm going to pull out one of my favorite stories in the Bible here. And it's the story of Paul and Silas in prison. And I'm sure we're all familiar with the story. If you want to look in your Bibles, it's Acts 16, verses 23 to 26. You guys doing well good out there? You guys are a wee bit quiet, eh? Just a little bit. It's the first week of the year. You guys are just, it's good. Anyone that's not on the front row? <laughs> Lit fam. Verses 23, it says this. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cells and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and at once all the prison doors flew open, and everyone's chains came loose. It says, About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Can I grab the band up? That's cool. So this is the story of the power of praise. And there's a principle here that I want us to get. Is that we may not be seeing the result we want. Like for these guys, they were stuck in prison. I don't think it gets any worse than that, really. You know, I think about the troubles that I go through. And then I read this story and I'm like, well, this is nothing compared to that. But it says this. They'd been severely flogged. They were thrown into prison. But it says, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And that's the power of praise right there, is that praise just has to come out of you. But there's a principle here that I want us to get, is that first comes the obedience to praise. We talked about that verse that said, let everything that is breath praise the Lord. So sometimes first comes that obedience to praise. Actually, every time, not sometimes. First comes that obedience and then second comes the breakthrough. So if you're looking for breakthrough, you can't just praise when the times are good because that's not how it works. Praise is not a byproduct of, you know, life when everything's going well, but praise should be the driving force, like pushing us, propelling us into the destiny that God has for us. And I heard this preacher say this a while ago, that pain transforms from prison to platform when you realize you have authority over your pain. I'll read that again. Pain transforms from prison to platform when you realize that you have authority over your pain. So what breakthrough are you contending for today? Because praise is the answer. What situations are you facing today? Because praise is the answer. What things are you contending for that you're not seeing that breakthrough in? Because praise is the answer. What relationships are you feeling that are just like broken and, and, and you know, like you're feeling so hopeless? Because praise is the answer. Because Paul and Silas's inner praise carried more authority than their outer chaos. 
And I believe this morning that the chaos of my circumstance must submit to the Father's peace within me because I'm not circumstance, I'm not subject to my circumstance. My circumstances are subject to my praise. That's a good word, right? I'm not subject to my circumstances. My circumstances are subject to my praise. And in Genesis 29, as we read before, Leah made that decision to praise the Lord. It was a good decision. And so Judah was birthed, became one of the greatest tribes. David was born, one of the greatest praisers and worshippers that we know of in the Bible. It's just amazing. And then the temple is born and, and Judah is this like the entrance and you would walk through praise. Then if you track the story even further, what comes out of the tribe of Judah is the Lion of Judah, which I believe is like the climax of the whole biblical narrative, is that when Jesus came, He came and was the fulfillment of all the things that had gone before. And He came so that we could have life. And He came so that the situations that we're facing can be like crucified to the cross with Him, so that we could learn that we can praise God through our circumstances. It's a good word, eh? And so on the dawn of a new year, I believe this morning that praise unlocks doors in this story in the physical but in the spiritual as well. So what doors are there in your life that needs to, needs to be broken down? Just signaling stuff to the band. You guys didn't see it because I was like this. Praise unlocks doors, eh? Amen. And I'm pretty excited that the next few weeks we're going to be sharing about praise and the power of praise. What would it look like for you to birth your life, to find, you know, to, to have your foundation in life as praise? And praise will break down barriers. Praise will smash down doors. Praise will do so much. If you look to God, if you look past your circumstances and look to Him, I believe that 2017 can be like an incredible year. Amen. So we're going we're gonna to carry on praising this morning. We're going to sing, be lifted up, be lifted higher. And in this time, we're just going like, to praise God. And what I'd love us to do is actually just to praise this house down. So why don't we all stand to our feet as the band begins to build up. And we're just going to begin to praise God and just thank Him for His goodness. So come on, let's praise Him together. Sing, be lifted up.